Hey everyone, welcome back to Life on a Mission podcast. My guest this week is Mark Gilbert. He is a teacher. Um, he is a math teacher, but before that, he was an actuary. And basically, an actuary is somebody, um, <laughs> in my own words, is somebody I would say that can predict the future. But I'll let him explain what an actuary is and why he decided to take a step back from that career and decide to pursue teaching. Um, I think it's really honorable what he's doing. I think uh, I think just stepping out in faith like this to honestly do something where you know that you're going to be able to pour into other people, um, whether or not you're, you're uh, compensated well for it. Um, it's just something that's really admirable, and I just wanted to give a chance for this guy to come onto the podcast, sit down and talk about it, and just talk about, you know, the process of making that decision and uh, how his family supported him to do that and uh, just how he's been fulfilled by it to uh, to this day. <coughs> Excuse me. But before we get into that, please subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can find us on all three platforms. Um, you subscribe and support us by doing that. We uh, can keep making these shows. We can keep this podcast rolling. Um, it is through your support that we are able to do so. Also, currently, Life on a Mission podcast is supporting two different missionary couples. One is in the United States and the other one is in an indisclosed um, part of this world and they are basically going undercover essentially to spread the gospel in this other area. I cannot reveal their names um, for the sake of just kind of protecting their mission and what they're doing and everything. But regardless, our donation page has committed to supporting them monthly. And uh, that is because of you guys. So thank you so much for, for doing that for us. If you want to support more, if you listen currently and you haven't um, been giving any support lately, no worries, no judgment. But if you feel like you want to, I would encourage you to go to patreon.com slash George Shadburn, and you go to Life on a Mission's uh, donation page, and you commit to supporting monthly. There are different tiers of how much you can support. You can choose to do whatever you like, and uh, if you find it in your heart to do so, I ask that you prayerfully consider doing that. And uh, I really appreciate everybody that has been doing that so far. It really has made this podcast a success. At least for me, it has. It's very fulfilling to be able to uh, provide that for somebody else while they're living their life on a mission. Um, and uh, it's just a good thing overall. Uh, also, follow us on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Stay up to date on what's going on. And uh, each month we release a newsletter, so if you want to uh, be a part of the monthly newsletter to see what's going on and to, to see who the guests have been this month, um, I would ask that you uh, just DM me your, your name and your email, and uh, I'll put you on the monthly newsletter. And uh, yeah, so that's that. Let's get to the show. This is Mark Gilbert, and this is Life on a Mission. Gilbert, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Mark, I've got you on because uh, you do something really, really well, and that's working with numbers, but you'll have to explain that to me. But what you've decided to do now is to pour into other kids by becoming a teacher. And I think just stepping away from the lifestyle of just having like a job and a career where you know, you you knew that you would be making good money and that you were going to have a comfortable, easy life with your family, and you decided to take this turn into doing something that's challenging, I think is really admirable. But I just wanted to give you the chance to kind of talk about your thought process with that and just, you know, what led you to, to become a teacher and to pour into kids? Because that's not an easy thing to do. Right. But, so 
what was your job beforehand and why did you decide to become a teacher now? Okay, yeah, so um, my job beforehand, it was, I was an actuary, mm-hmm. which um, without getting into a lot of detail, it's, it's basically a, I was a statistics major in college, math mm-hmm. minor, but I was a statistician for financial service companies. Mm-hmm. And um, that involved running models, building these models that use mathematics to project out probabilities of certain events. So, mm. you know, if you're an insurance company looking at what are the probabilities of someone dying or yeah. uh, that sort of thing, that's kind of the, the typical thing people are known for. You know, in the actuarial field, that's a common thing, or okay. you know, auto wrecks. I, actually, I my particular career took me down the path of investment so okay. I was uh, working with a lot of investment probabilities and you know, risk risk assessment risk management on for um, investment portfolios really yeah so, so so you could I guess would it be proper to like kind of compare you to like someone like Warren Buffett or something that would like look at something whether it's worth investing in or not and you were the guy that knew the variables that made it a good investment? Um, not exactly. I, I was um, I was first of all I was more on um, I guess the type of portfolios I worked with were fixed income so they were like um, bond portfolios, mortgages, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And it was looking at the risk of bond defaulting or um, credit spreads widening. So I I don't want to get too technical with this discussion, but it was more pooling money together from lots of different people that were saving for retirement and just man, it was more managing the risk of, um, you know, we, we, as some of the companies I work for, we'd be guaranteeing someone's future retirement mm-hmm. and just making sure that we had covered all our risk. We knew what the risks were. We'd identified them. We managed yeah. them. We saw are there ways that we can um, reduce risk by pooling risk or, or wow. hedging risk. So it's kind of it's, it, it's a technic, very technical field, but it's it's interesting. Kind of going into the next question, mm-hmm. the. Um, I worked with a lot of people that were super intelligent, just, um, you know, kind of really out there. Yeah. I wasn't the smartest guy in my my field, but I think what really helped me be successful is that I could understand that, Mm -hmm. and this is where the teaching kind of came in, where the roles that I thrived in was was not where I was the one doing this heavy number crunching. Mm -hmm. I was the one that was helping to explain that to other people in the company. Okay. Uh, senior management saying, okay, well, this this black box that these geniuses have created over there, <laughs> yeah. what do we actually do with that? How, yeah. how do we use that to run a business to make money? Wow. Um, and so that it, I actually kind of evolved into these roles where I was actually going out and meeting with investors. I got to travel, see the front lines with the yeah. marketing team. And there, there were people in the back office doing the, the genius work. And I yeah. was just really a teacher. I was, okay. I was saying, okay, th- you may not understand the language these guys are speaking, but right. let me help teach you what what's relevant there so, and how to understand so it. So you took the the language of geniuses and translated <laughs> into the language of just kind of regular people almost. The practical, yeah. yeah. I, I viewed my skill as finding the practical application for some very wow. technical information. Did that line of work have anything to do with, like, looking at markets nowadays at all? Like, uh, I guess the first thing that I honestly want to bring up, and this is this probably shows how much I know, but I, like, think about, like, the housing market or something, like, of 2008. Would those guys have been <clears throat> the group of people to be like, hey, something's happening or anything yeah, you, like that? Yeah, you actually just kind of stumbled into uh, some yeah some of the other aspects that, that led me into teaching and just wanting to make a career change. And uh, really? when the housing bubble and the financial crisis of 08 happened, I was actually living in Ireland. Mm. I was running a... I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. So yeah. I was running a, a structured investment vehicle over there, and I was living in those markets every day. And Jeez. it was the most stressful thing I've been through in my life. Really? Uh, yeah, and it, it really... Um, 
it, it, it caused me to realize, you know, if you had asked me at that time, I was a Christian. I, you know, thought I was very strong in my faith. Mm-hmm. But at that time before going into that, if you'd asked me where my security was, I would say, oh, it's in the Lord. Mm-hmm. This wake-up call when I saw markets collapsing and I'm right there in the middle of it, feeling mm-hmm. responsible for it. You know, I, have to, I had to go out and meet with investors, rating agencies, right. the um, you know, it was a regulated company over in Ireland, so we, we had the uh, financial regulator there. That and, and, you know, so every time something happened in the market, I was the one that was having to explain it. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know, I started thinking, you know, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, yeah. you know, and I started realizing all the, the stress and anxiety that came with that. I realized may, maybe my security isn't really in God. Yeah. It's in my job and this company. And, wow. Um, and so that really rocked my world, and it, it was it was a stressful time. I ended up coming back from Ireland earlier than than what we had thought. Um, the that company got shut down. My division I was working in got shut down. I was fortunate that I landed on my feet within the same company, mm-hmm. different different division. Yeah. But that was the first time I, I kind of really took a, a good assessment <clears throat> of what you were talking about earlier: is what mm-hmm. what is success, and and if I really kind of built what my view of success is on, on this worldly standard of how much money I was making and yeah. what, what my status was in, in that company. So. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so that planted the seed. Um, certainly at that time, I, um, like I said, I landed on my feet. Uh, a couple years later, went through another restructuring at a company and just realized that, that you know there's not as much security in, mm-hmm. in jobs as I, at least I thought at the time, you know, mm-hmm. just in a matter of a couple of years, uh, facing two restructurings, layoffs, and and I actually had the opportunity to stay with that company and relocate to Baltimore, but mm-hmm. that that just with our family situation at the time that wasn't yeah. ideal. I was fortunate to, to get on with another company out of St. Louis, built a division here, worked remotely, but put together a team of of eight here in Louisville, and we we built a business from the ground up for that company it was nice. uh, very successful and you know I, I took pride in what I was doing it was a good company good people I was working with I, I actually got to assemble a team so I um, you know felt very proud of what we had accomplished but mm-hmm. um, this time it the the situation wasn't forced on me it, it's just after doing that a while and kind of feeling like I had accomplished what I set out to do with this new company um, I just wasn't being fulfilled, my, yeah. and um, I, back in the financial crisis when I was in Ireland, and, and I talked about how stressful that mm-hmm. scenario was. I I thought about teaching. It's you know I come from a family. My my mom and dad both were in education. My dad's mm-hmm. a college professor. My mom was a high school teacher. Nice. She wow. also taught college for a while. My brother-in-law's a middle school math teacher. So that's something that just seeing, you know, see, being around it, seeing those people, and, um, and and I'd ask them questions over the year, and I, you know, I really admire my uh, brother-in-law, and I have reached out to him several times, and mm-hmm. I just got to the point where I, you know, after thinking about it, I, I always thought I would do it closer to retirement age. Yeah. But I just got to a point that said that the only reason I'm not doing it if I don't do it now is for money. Mm-hmm. If I look at satisfaction of what I'm doing, feel like I'm making a difference, I I would make the switch. Right. And so right. It, it really came down to you know do I have enough faith to um, to leave that behind? So like initial my, hesitations were kind of money, right? Yeah, money yeah. and and to be honest, pride, yeah. and status. It's um, you know I. I, I can't deny that I thought, you know, worried about what people would think. Are they, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. think I'm crazy leaving that behind, you know, what a lot of people would view as being very successful yeah. for yeah. going to be a middle school math teacher. Yeah. Uh, well, so what was funny to me was like my mom one day came out to me and was like, Mark Gilbert is a teacher now. And I'm like, <laughs> cool and and but she said it in a way where like it kind of clicked in my head because like she had told me that you had like worked with numbers before but i was like what was he doing before that it was like a shocker that it would be like that he would become a teacher or something you know but that but that is cool though that you decided like 
not to let like money and pride like get in the way and everything but were there any uh initial fears like going into it oh very much so yeah, yeah. it's um just so much unknown there mm-hmm. and, and you know what's our life going to look like afterwards we, we've been very blessed mm-hmm. and so it wasn't like um we, we were going to have to move out of our house the next day and we were going to have to give up right. everything yeah, i mean it's so i've been blessed that um that, that i had the flexibility to, to try it but mm-hmm. i you know I, I was taking a huge pay cut mm-hmm. and um leaving a, a position that i had you know i <laughs> i was about to say I had a lot of security as i said earlier it's it's kind of um you know can be fleeting and that you know we can be surprised at what's there but yeah you know i from um you know it, it certainly seemed like that's something that i could have been comfortable wrote out mm-hmm. and made a lot of money mm-hmm. until i retired yeah and um leaving that behind for something that i hadn't done before i felt like you know talking you know what, what i said earlier I, I felt like where i had succeeded a lot in my jobs was really serving it in the capacity of a teacher yeah and um so it, it but but yeah there was a lot of unknown that you know that it was just very yeah very scary and it took me a while it was wasn't something that i just decided and flipped the switch and we went I, you know yeah. obviously i've got a great wife that's very supportive yeah and, uh, we talked about it a lot talked to my brother-in-law like i was saying before and um you know i guess the the moment the moment that i think i realized yeah this is what i need to do after thinking about it for a long time is i was at a senior management retreat with my other company mm-hmm. so you get together with a lot of the other you know senior level executives from mm-hmm. different divisions and we're all gathered around doing these team building exercises and talking about the business mm-hmm. looking at the future of the business and everybody else there just when i looked around they seemed so energized yeah and i i, I just it just kind of hit me in that meeting as I looked around and, and saw how much energy people mm-hmm. were getting out of that meeting, and and I just wasn't. And I said, yeah. I don't think this is where God wants that. You know, wow. if if God wanted me here, I, I think I would be yeah a little more. Um, Isn't that crazy? Fulfilled. Yeah, you just like read the room and you realize that like, I, this isn't my place. Right. Wow. And I and I'd always been comfortable in those environments before, but it mm-hmm. was. It was at that meeting when I, I said, yeah, I, I, I think this is a sign. And it kind of came back to me. I, I'd almost forgot about that because there was a lot of emotion after that, making mm-hmm. the decision, going and telling my boss, talking to him and other people that I'd worked with, all my team that I put together. Yeah. Um, but a few months later, I'm at a teaching conference i haven't taught yet but before i get started they have this similar sort of meeting where they had people from um really all all over the country it it wasn't just for my school um and it was similar where we're around the room we're talking about teaching and and there i i felt energized i was excited and i was and i it clicked you know when i was there i was like wait a minute i was just at a meeting where people were coming together to share yeah. ideas and it was yeah. draining and here it's energizing yeah. so that's it, probably a good sign that yeah. uh, i'm in something where i you know i'm where i need to be right now cool did you have any uh initial fears about like going from teaching executives to teaching children oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. so i guess another part of the story going further back uh when i, I said it, it's it's something that i thought about for a while so when i we first moved here to louisville um we we joined southeast not long after that and um i'd never worked with junior high kids but for some reason um that, that was something that I, I said you know i was talking to jill i said you know i think that's I want to volunteer somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think that's some something I might be interested in. Mm-hmm. We just had that conversation. We're at Southeast, um, you know, huge church, and we we'd, we'd been there for a few months. I mean, it wasn't like we were walking around wide eyed, like you know, maybe people are the first time. But this <laughs> yeah. this guy in our section goes, "Can I help you? You look lost." 
And I said, oh, no, we, we've been here. We know our way around. I, you know, and he, he just started asking me some questions. And he said, so, you know, are you plugged in anywhere? And I said, no, but, I, you know, I'm thinking about some areas. I was thinking about junior high. He goes, I'm teaching a bunch of eighth grade guys right now. Come with me, sit in my class. Wow. So I went down and worked there for, um, I, think I, I think I volunteered there total, I forget the seven or eight years, but a few of those were in Ireland. Because actually when I went to Ireland, the, we were in a very small church, but that mm-hmm. church I also led the, the junior high group. So anyways, yeah. it's a long-winded way of saying that yeah. I, I'd worked with kids before, so, and mm-hmm. I knew I had enjoyed it. It was obviously very different than teaching yeah. them daily, you know, just seeing them on the weekends right, and, you know, right. a couple times during the week maybe. But um, anyways, I, but I, I was nervous. I, yeah. I at least had some sense of what I was getting into that age group. But yeah. But yeah. That's, what is, uh, what's been your biggest challenges so far, like just as like a teacher altogether? Um, I know that's kind of an open statement, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I feel I feel like whenever I talk to, like, some of the people in my graduating class are now teachers, uh-huh. and they talk about, like, uh, like the long hours or, like, the, the strugglesome pay or sometimes, like, the kids misbehave, but I feel like it's a different angle for you completely, and I just, I don't know if you are, like, having any challenges or anything, but. Yeah, I don't want to paint it as I, I came yeah. in and I was the best teacher ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's certainly not the case. But, um, I, you know, the, I haven't had the typical, so my, my school, I, you know, I think may be unique. It, it, my, mm-hmm. I probably landed in the perfect spot for someone like me that's coming in that has never taught before. Mm-hmm. Um, it were, were small school, small class sizes, and I haven't had that. I guess my biggest fear going into it was just the classroom management. Yeah, obviously the content I was very confident in. Yeah. Um, but then also, even though you know something, there's a difference in knowing it and knowing how to teach it. So that, that was probably, so coming into this school, classroom management wasn't a huge issue. Content wasn't a big issue. So the biggest challenge probably was saying, okay, how do I, you know, make sure that something that is, you know, especially when I'm going all the way back to middle school, Matt, you know, pre-algebra and algebra, Mm -hmm. something that is, you know, seems like it should just be second nature to me and just making sure I understand, no, this this is a brand new concept. So trying to look at yeah. it with fresh eyes and saying, okay, somebody that's never seen how to solve an <laughs> equation, how do I how do I pull back yeah. and, and say, okay, just from, you know, building it from scratch and how do I co- effectively communicate to them what it is we're trying to do. When you work out an equation and you like see those blank faces, (laughs) you're just like, all right, let me start over. Exactly. And and so I certainly see that my second year through Mm -hmm. is I'm remembering, oh yeah, last year when I taught this, I thought this was going to be easy. They they were going to pick this up no problem. And I say, okay, I remember last year this didn't go so good. Let me me try it again a little, try it a little different way. Did anything uh, surprise you? when you first got started and did you like learn something that you never thought that you would learn in there just from a new start? Um, well, even though I'd worked with middle school kids, I, I mm-hmm. guess the thing that probably surprised me the most, how much I love that age group. Yeah. I, um, so I, when I went in, I, I talked to several schools. Um, I, I found what I thought was a great fit and uh, you know, I, I think it turned out to be, but, my, so they, they had an opening to teach middle school math. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I wanted to teach AP statistics, calculus, the more challenging content. Mm-hmm. And um, after getting into it and working with it, the, the content's not that challenging for me right. as I would like. But yeah. if, you know, I, I may still eventually want to get up to doing some of those mm-hmm. more upper level math classes, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if I had had the choice, you know, I, you know, coming into this year, I, I could have pushed for this this current year. They had some openings in uh, the other campus at mm-hmm. uh, some of those other math courses, but I said, yeah. I just really love these middle schoolers, and um, mm. it, it's it's been fun, and I, you know, I think I want to do this another year and evaluate mm-hmm. at the end, and um, so that's probably been the biggest surprise. Is that it's yeah. it's not just the math; it's the kids. It's yeah. Nice. 
So as a teacher now and like being in the mix of all of that, um, obviously there's only so much that like you can communicate to me that would give me perspective on the life of a teacher, right? But is there anything that you have learned now about being a teacher that you didn't know from your family members or the people that you talk to about being a teacher? Like, is there a newfound respect for it? Or do you notice anything that it's like, um, like my buddy's older sister, she has been telling me some of these things where, I mean, obviously teachers are one of the most important careers like to our nation, right? Because they're teaching and bringing up the future of this nation. And she's kind of telling me about some of the things that she wish would be more available to teachers and everything like that. Have you discovered anything like that, that you were like, um, wishing would be more different about that atmosphere? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you certainly, the, the teachers pay it, mm -hmm. you know, you, you wish it could be more, but, um, I, I, I just feel very blessed in that my prior career has given me some flexibility so I don't face mm -hmm. That, that's not as big of a challenge as it, it would be from someone that right. has started straight out of school and mm -hmm. trying to live off a teacher's salary. So, um, but in, in terms of in the classroom, I, I, you know, there again, I'm, I'm very blessed in that um, I've got teacher, you know, I've got the support of my faculty and mm -hmm. the administration. I've got parents are great. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the things that I, I've heard that, that are real challenges for mm -hmm. teachers at other schools. I, I, I've really been able to go in and just teach. And the, yeah. the thing I've had to focus on most is how do I effectively, if I've got an engaged classroom, mm -hmm. engaged parents, how, how can I now leverage those blessings mm -hmm. to be the most effective teacher I can be? Yeah. So I, I, it's, I've been fortunate that I've been able to focus on that. Whereas you know, other people, so I, I haven't gone to school and, and gone through an education program where they would have learned more of the classroom management and, mm -hmm. and those sort of things. So it, it's good for me that, that I've been able to go in and at least initially focus on, okay, really the communication and, yeah. and communicating with um, middle school. That's cool. Kids, yeah. Cool. So do you have uh, any five-year, ten-year goals with uh, teaching, and do you have a vision for what you're wanting to do with teaching in five or ten years? Um, I, I know I should, you know, especially come <laughs> the, the world I came from where it was very goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. to, to be honest with you, once, once I made the decision, it, it was, okay, I, I want to try this out. If I don't try it out now, I, I don't know. And, and I wasn't convinced. That, you know, in fact, I, I met... Um, met with the, the men's minister at, at Southeast when I was going through this and mm -hmm. you know, thinking about the, the decision. And, and I remember the conversation with him because I was saying, you know, I don't, I, I feel like um, I'm not where I, I need to be. I, I need to make a change. And I think this is what I want to do. But, you know, I'm just looking for advice saying, okay, how do I know that, that this is God's will? And, mm. and, um, and I wasn't convinced. I, I, I was fairly sure that I needed to make a change, but I, I went into it and I actually interviewed for a couple, a couple other jobs outside of teaching even after I made the, the shift, just trying to see, because some two things mm -hmm. came up that just were unique situations that um, they weren't in the actuarial field, but I felt like I had skill sets and I, I ended up exploring those. And I, I was like, was that to prepare me for something else? Yeah. And those didn't work out. It, but it was still kind of in the back of my mind. But this year, you know, I, I'm doing a second year of teaching, and I've I've had two great years, and I I just kept really the um, kind of the theme that first year's, and and you know, Jill was my wife was very mm -hmm. critical in doing this. Is just enjoy if you're yeah if you're being fulfilled, you're you feel like you're yeah you know, you're doing a good job, and you're you know you're making an impact on those kids yeah. Maybe God does have something else for you down the road, but just yeah. just take some time to enjoy what yeah. you're doing, and don't always be looking at what the next thing is, isn't it? Yeah. And and I I think I've done better at that this year, and I I haven't, um, but I haven't looked at it. At the, I haven't reached the point where I've said, okay, now I've got what you were asking—a five-year right. and ten-year plan that involves teaching. Yeah. So I, I can't sit here and say that yeah. there there may be something just totally out of the blue that. Yeah, you know, next year, 
um, comes around, I'm yeah. off somewhere else. But yeah. I, I just want to enjoy well, teaching and love the kids where I'm at for now. That's cool because, I mean, honestly, I don't think a lot of people take time to just enjoy the season that they're in and everything, and especially for being somebody that would predict – kind of like circumstances <laughs> of the future and stuff right. to know that now you're just enjoying the present that's a that's a cool thing so it really does feel like you are essentially just living in fulfillment right now and you're just taking time to enjoy this chapter yeah. but uh that's really cool yeah. um well i want to ask a, a couple more questions and like some rapid fire questions okay for like <laughs> people to get to know you better and yeah. stuff just like sure. fun things about you yeah but um, we'll start with those, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap it up a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, so, what are your favorite movies? Like top three favorite movies? Okay. Um, so, remember the Titans. That's okay. That's one of the, those that's up there. Nice. Um, like, um, maybe Shawshank Redemption. That's, like that movie. That movie's so underrated. <laughs> I love it though. It is good. Yeah. yeah, it's. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, both of those are ones that, you know, a lot of movies that I like the first time through. It's, but it's once you've seen them, you're, you're done. But yeah, right. remember the Titans or Shawshank? Uh, those are worth three watches every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And then I, I just I also like some goofy comedies, and I like the. Um, Cohen Brothers, like, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Racing oh, Arizona, yeah. those type of movies. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. I guess those are nice. I, are, I guess I, I should have said, my kids are going to kill me for not saying um, Ernest Saves Christmas. I should have said that. Ernest Saves Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I always, movie about? I always joke, it's just, it's the worst <laughs> comedy. It's just so bad, it's funny, but every every Christmas I threaten that we're going to have to watch that. So I, I, I just go on about how great it is, but... That's um, funny. But, yeah, so I had to throw that one in there. Was that just sake. like y'all went and saw that and you realized <laughs> that was a huge mistake or something? <laughs> just... I, it, it's one that, that actually is, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's bad, but it, you, you can get some good laughs. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, what are your top three favorite books? Ooh. Um, favorite books. So I like... Um, I'm going to draw a blank on titles. So I like I like the type of writers like Malcolm Gladwell and mm -hmm. Michael Lewis, and then the, those whole Freakonomics ones, where they, they mm -hmm. kind of combine some of the stuff that that I like, the economics and yeah. some kind of the hard sciences. But then also they combine psychology with them and kind of look at how wow, you know, seriously. Do these, yeah, I don't know if you've read any of those, but they're no. they're really interesting because they they take they take some of the principles of economics or statistics, but mm -hmm. they don't apply them to, you know, some of the more dry material that, you know, right. might, might bore the average person. They'll, they'll yeah. tackle some really interesting problems. And like I said, they'll also combine a lot with psychology. And mm. So I wish I could think of um, some of the examples there. But There was a book that was recommended to me just because I – I do like to pay attention to the market when I can, you know, yeah. just however I can. But there was a book that was recommended to me, and it was like, uh, it was like, uh, mind over market or something like that. And it was basically talking about the psychology of people that are um, involved in like the economic like world or like the investing world or or trying to be like businessmen and stuff like that and it's like things to like kind of prepare yourself for right. and uh i don't know if that's like close to like what you were describing hmm, i haven't heard or, of that one but yeah maybe i have to check that one out. i'm gonna i'll try to find it and i'll i'll text you about it but um and the, yeah there's um you know i, I like there's um so like uh, there's one when genius fails and it kind of talks about some of the the failure in the financial mm -hmm. markets with uh, you know a particular firm long-term capital that failed so those are kind of mm -hmm. interesting to see kind of behind the scenes and you know some of the things um you know be mm -hmm. similar to some of the, the areas i used to work in but another one I, I just actually was going back and rereading there's um these two guys uh, i think it's chip and dan Heath. Mm -hmm. i don't know if you ever heard of their so they've got several books and they're all pretty easy reads not that long Mm -hmm. uh, but the one I'm rereading right now is The Power of Moments. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just really interesting thinking about 
what makes memorable moments. Mm-hmm. And so they, they do their, um, you know, they, they do some studies behind stuff or talk about studies other people have done, but yeah, also yeah. kind of combining psychology of, you know, there, there's certain moments that, that stand out in, in your life. And, you know, mm-hmm. some of them are obvious. If you get, right. you know, some peak moment, you get recognized for something, you win something that those are obvious, but then there's other ones that I'm, I'm sure you could think back of things that stood out that something somebody might have said to you or mm-hmm. done for you that, that weren't really all that monumental at the time, but for some reason they, they stuck with you. Yeah. And I, I just think it's really interesting to kind of think what I can literally think of one right now. It was, um, I was on a mission trip and, um, I was going out to Sicily and basically we, we all sat in a circle when we got out there and we decided to just take some time to get to know each other. And there was this one girl that I was already friends with that was out there with me. And I literally think of her as like my sister and she's, she's always like called me out if I ever needed to like look at myself in a different way or something. But when we were out there, somebody was like, what are some things that you like to live by? And, uh, I literally said with such like pride, I said, I don't let myself go to sleep unless I improve either physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, or emotionally. In one of those areas, just like even no matter how minute it is, I don't let myself go to sleep. And she literally said out loud in the circle, she goes, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like so ready for people to be like, oh, wow. And she goes, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. And I like was shocked and took a step back. and and, And it literally made me think for the rest of that summer, like, is that like really what fulfills you? Like, it's okay to have like goals like that, but is that your mantra really? And so like, I literally have her to thank for just like learning how to like rest in some things. But, That's interesting. Yeah. Cause so what they would say in this book, I'm going to under on the spot here, I probably mm-hmm. forget, but they, they, there's kind of four, you know, four things about a moment mm-hmm. that'll make it memorable. And, you know, the more combination of them, but one of them is insight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, one of them is, is just this, you know, the, some of the obvious ones where there's this elevated sense of emotion or spirit, you know, something like that, or even low moments, you know, right, something right. that's really elevation, either high or low. Mm-hmm. That's an obvious one, you know, pride, some recognition, but one of them is insight. So that's one that her, yeah. that, that little comment, probably caused you to have an insight about yourself that well, shaped something and so that, yeah. that stuck with you even though yeah it, it may have just been kind of a throwaway comment by her she might have well, been joking or something but it, i mean she, i mean we talked about it later and she she was like you don't have to live like that like good <laughs> lord but it really did click this level of self-awareness in me where it was like wow hey think about things that you know just like whenever you feel like you're on a roll or whenever you feel like you know something still take a step back and just think is there more to know what are my blind spots things like that and like be be secure enough in yourself to have other people pour into you and just give their opinion you don't have to take it as you know like written in stone or anything but just be willing to have somebody show you something new and that was that was like a that was a check checkpoint for me of like kind of instilling that mentality okay, but cool. that's so, cool so actually that one of the reasons i wanted to go back I, i'd be curious in your thoughts so mm-hmm. I, I i've read this book before but i wanted to go back and reread it because i, I started thinking there actually something so, somebody told me that i did mm-hmm. back when we were in high school that had made a huge impact on that not a huge impact but it, mm-hmm. it, it stuck with them i just ran back into them and you know i want to pat myself on the back but yeah, I, I did something nice for somebody and and it was just so i don't even remember doing it mm-hmm. and this person said hey i never forgot that and so i started thinking you know everybody can especially in those those years mm-hmm. i'm sure you can remember something a teacher said or a coach said yeah. and it, it still sticks with you and so i started thinking you know i'm i want to impact these middle schoolers that i'm working with what mm-hmm. is it about those moments that, yeah that probably just like me with this other guy, I don't remember what he's talking about. Right. But, and probably the coach or teacher that just came to mind when I asked you that question, they may yeah. probably don't, they, they probably weren't 
um, yeah, they, they, they probably they, weren't aware that they were going to make yeah, that kind of impact, but, it, but, but yeah. something stuck with you. And so I, I remember this book and I started going back and trying to think, okay, what is it about? What is the power of certain moments that mm-hmm. really impacts people for a while? And, and can I be more intentional about yeah. doing it? Cause I thought about this guy, I wasn't intentional the way I impacted him, mm-hmm. but what if I had been, what if I'd been in, more intentional and I, I said, I can really make an impact on somebody. Thank yeah think of all the people that do you do you feel like um with that like being in your mind when you work with these kids and you teach math and so do you feel like you ever take time to to talk about anything like spiritual do you dive into other things outside of math like just in the middle of class like hey kids let me give you a lesson about life or something um no this might be a little different than uh, you know i've from what I understand, we're mm-hmm. at Christian Academy where you went to school and my kids right. went, that, that they do try to integrate that. So we're, we're a Christian school, but uh, when I'm teaching math, I'm, I'm teaching math, and, yeah. and they don't say, you need to work some sort of, but I right. get to have lunch with these kids. I yeah. see them outside, class, you know, I do some, um, yeah. I, I'm on, we, we have a house system. And mm-hmm. so some of those things come up. Yeah. And more than anything, I just, you, you know, I think through math, I, I can, develop a relationship and I can right. let them know that I love them and that I yeah. want to see them succeed. And then I hope ultimately they know that the reason I'm doing this is because I want to impact their life. And it's because, yeah. you know, uh, I'm a Christian and yeah. I, everybody there knows that. And it, but it's hopefully and, and with middle school kids, who knows what clicks, but hopefully at some point they look back and they say, you know, he, mm-hmm. he really cared. And, yeah. and the reason he showed me that love is, is yeah. you know, that's I will say my middle school Bible teacher did really set things in a in a pace. You remember Mr. Matthews? That name and, sounds familiar. Andy Matthews. He was a middle school Bible teacher, and he would have taught Preston and Jack okay. and Lucy, but he's the principal there now. Oh, okay. But he had this story that, you know, he, he just kind of, he stopped class, and he kind of told us, and, like, he's a Bible teacher, and his family was missionaries, but he was talking about how he has a twin brother who basically left their family, changed his name and like just moved away and disappeared for a long time. And it was really hard on like him and his family. And then he said he like ran into him like a decade later and he just looked and they were like identical twins, but he looks completely different from like, like Mr. Matthews right now. But it was still like what was really like, impactful on me was that he in that moment displayed his conviction for for why he's literally in the classroom with us and everything and that's like like listening to that but then also like hearing that you like left your like your career and your area of comfort to do that that display of conviction makes everything else that you say like so much heavier and like able to to stick with people more and i i definitely think that's really cool but um that's cool that you like get those from that book those books and everything you'll have to tell me what the titles of those books are yeah um what is some of your do you have any favorite scripture that you like uh probably just the the whole book of Philippians, I, mm. you know, I guess um, that's my cousin's favorite book. Okay, um, it, you know, certainly, you know, the one about don't be anxious about anything, but with prayer and mm-hmm. petition with thanksgiving, mm-hmm. present your request to God. You know, that one is I've gone through stress and anxiety in certain times. That, that's one that's a go-to. But you know, mm-hmm. just the one about you know wh- whatever is true. Whatever's noble, right, right noble, pure, yeah. lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, there, there's so much wisdom in that book if, you know, obviously we, we all fall short, but right. if people live by that one, you know, you know, not, not, yeah. know, not to look at your own interests, self-ambition, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, um, you know, don't, don't grumble or complain you know that's all the Mm -hmm. the key takeaways from philippians that you know you just think well that's that's a real model to aspire to and i feel that (laughs) yeah um do you uh have any pieces of advice like really good pieces of advice that you've received in your lifetime or has anybody um well yeah 
good pieces of advice? Has anyone given you any? Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't think of any that are these neat little phrases that I mm-hmm. could hang and you know frame and hang on the wall. That yeah. you know some of those really motivational ones that you see. I, as I think back, there, there's nothing like that that comes to mind. But certainly, just uh, you know, talking about what we we talked about before. You know, my my wife Jill, uh, just very wise. Yeah. And, Which I'll uh, say, by the way, that's got to be priceless to kind of have that to have um, that kind of support. Yeah. Yeah. We're home. sitting here having a conversation, and I'm, you yeah. know, if I've used me and I, and all this, yeah, yeah. it really should have been we. Yeah. Um, and she was very supportive in this whole decision. She was mm. very encouraging. But, you know, we had a lot of talks about it. So mm. she gave me great advice. I mentioned my brother-in-law, her, mm-hmm. her brother. He's a very godly man, and he's somebody that when I was going through that, it, it wasn't just because he's also a middle school math teacher. Mm. I, he's somebody that I would have sought out mm. no matter what I was doing. And, um, you know, and then you know, parents uh, going back. But, you know, in terms of what was the key piece of advice, I, you know, it was, it was really just kind of situational. I, yeah. I think it, it's just finding wise counsel and, and those times. But I, I wish I had one I could frame and say, you know, this just sounds so cool, but yeah. <laughs> nothing like that comes to mind. Um, I literally, I myself, like, I haven't heard any, like, super astounding pieces of advice all up until um, Tony Cash was on the podcast. And he said thoughts are like birds they'll always land on your head but it's up to you whether or not they get to make a nest there and it was like he would talk about like like thinking about good things or having thoughts of anxiety like land on you you know because everybody has those fears that come up but he's like you know it's up to you like whether or not they get to make a home there yeah, that's a good. I've got to get one of those. He's gonna have to monogram that over my but, door. Yeah, when people have that, yeah, I'm envious. I guess I, I need to come up with this. Just, but, but yeah. I guess then it wouldn't be authentic because nobody's really given that to me. Right, right. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but you hear all these, uh, yeah, like Lou Holtz or you know some of these guys that just have mm-hmm. these sayings that are just so profound, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. why can't I think? Of that? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, I'm gonna just go home and come up with a good phrase. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, why did somebody give me that advice? Cool. Uh, here's a here's kind of an out there question, but I'm really curious to <laughs> to see what a man of mathematical skill <laughs> would be able to say. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> yes or no? And if so, why or why not? Um, no. Hmm. And I, I guess just being very logical, mathematical. Well, I, I guess I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. One is I would say, well. I've never, no one's really ever made, well, first of all, I haven't seen them. Right, right. And then there's nobody that has ever made a case or, you know, I, I haven't, I'm not aware. It's not like I've gone out and sought it out. Maybe right, there's somebody right, out right, there that's right. made it, but I, I've never seen a case that would convince my logical and skeptical mind that, yeah. oh yeah, there's, there's a solid case for this. Yeah. But also speaking out the other side of my mouth, just, just kind of the mathematical, just thinking <laughs> yeah. of the possibilities just how huge the universe is if, mm-hmm. if if you were to make a compelling case or you know yeah, if, if, yeah, if yeah. someone proved it tomorrow it's not like i would be wow i didn't see that coming it, it's like right. it, it wouldn't be totally surprising but i guess at this this point i've just had nothing yeah. that's really I mean, it's like i'm i'm right there with you it's like <laughs> i'm never gonna say like yes until like i know right but then you also like if you go outside at night and you look up into the sky yeah. and you realize if you look any direction, it goes on forever, like in that one yeah. direction. Yeah, and I, I heard, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but it wasn't that long ago that that the number of stars in the sky are more than all the grains of sand on all mm. of our beaches. And you, you think, well, it, they, it's just, it, you can't even process it, but yeah. thinking how vast it is. Yeah, if you said that somewhere out there in all those billions of stars, yeah. there's... I think it was uh, somebody from... Um, Elon Musk's company, uh, SpaceX, they were doing like some calculations and they said there's enough stars in just our galaxy for everyone that's living to own 11 trillion of them. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> all right, enough with the silly questions. Um, last question and kind of the mantra of the podcast. How would you say that you are living your life on a mission? I'm um, just 
just day to day trying to be faithful. You know, I, I, um, you know, I really like what our church is going through right now about this one at a time, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's really more the way I'm geared. I, you know, I don't have visions of grandeur, some mm-hmm. huge, you know, being a part of some huge ministry or, or, you know, just some sort of event, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at opportunities I have in front of me, especially day to day in my job. Just, you know, yeah. is there a way that, you know, what we were talking about earlier, there, there are certain moments that I should be capitalizing on to impact someone, especially right. when you look at the statistics and, and see that, that age, you know, as they transitioning from there into high school, that's really where their foundations get laid. I mean, they, well, they've got foundations laid, but that's where they get solidified. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the statistics say that, their their lifetime um, lifetime decision on whether they're going to stay in their faith or not right. happens in the next few years. They're, they're yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. And so, if if I can possibly influence any of those kids to yeah stay connected and that's awesome. Yeah, you know, that's I guess that would be my mission. Cool. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think it's thanks really cool me. what you're doing and stuff. And well, thanks. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, I know I learned some today. I hope you guys did. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. You made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You've just listened to a full episode of Life on a Mission podcast. Thank you so much again for listening. I hope you learned a lot. Um, I know I did. That was a great conversation for me. Um, <clears throat> before we go, though, once again, subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, you can find us there. Um, You can listen to us all day if you want. You can interact with us on social media. If you go to our Instagram, our Facebook page, or follow me on Twitter, stay up to date with what's going on and what's new. Also, lastly, once again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, (coughs) excuse me, what is wrong with me? We support two missionary couples, and we'd like to support more people. And that is completely up to you guys whether or not we get to do that because I am poor. (laughs) Anyways, go to my donation page. It's patreon.com slash George Shadburn. You can sign up to give monthly there. And through that, we're going to take a portion of that money and we're going to dedicate it to a mission or missionaries who are out in the world trying to make this world a better place and spread the gospel. And we are going to support them. And that is with your support that we can do that. So once again, if I can manage to not cough for 30 seconds, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Um, We'll see you again next week. And also stay up to track with the Momentum Show that I'll be releasing here soon. You'll find it on the same platforms. It'll just be titled Momentum. Uh, Through Momentum, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into basically just the ins and outs of daily life of uh, the way that we should be living in Christ, whether that is um, through our physical life, our spiritual life, our mental life, our emotional, financial, all those different things. Sometimes it'll just be me on the show. Other times I'll have guests to talk about an area of expertise that they're in. But either way, momentum is going to be a segment of the show that is strictly about improving the life that we live today. And that is improving the life that we live today because it commands us in the Bible to do so. So thank you guys so much again for listening. Uh, Really appreciate your support and have a good day.